Rotoscopers podcast, episode 8, Tangled, the Princess Pantheon. Welcome to the Rotoscopers podcast, an animation podcast for animation addicts, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. I'm your host, Mason Smith, and I'm here with my co-host, Morgan Burt. Great, now I'm the bad guy. Yeah, so how you doing, Morgan? Super good, how are you? I'm doing just fine, as usual. Not much to report. Oh. Hey, um, I got a question, though. Where's Chelsea? Chelsea is in Texas and doesn't have internet connection, so she's not here. Oh, shoot. Well, it's good that she's in Texas. Yeah. So, do you know anyone who could possibly co-host with us since Chelsea's absent? Well, hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, hey. <laughs> I guess my brother's here. He'll um, take over Chelsea's spot. What's up, Steven? Just a cool guy like you guys. Cool guy, huh? Rotoscoping no. away, huh? Yeah. I'm just a fan of the, the Rotoscope podcast, so here I am. It's Rotoscopers. Oh. Embarrassing. Podcast right. pal, get out of here. <laughs> See you guys. Just kidding. Okay, so we've got our trio for the podcast episode today. So what have y'all been up to? Like any movies you've been seeing? Any crazy animation things you've been doing? Ooh, me, me, pick me. Um, okay. Okay, you with the question, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, so I, yesterday, I got to go see an advanced screening of The Pirates Band of Misfits. It's released in the U.S. on April 27th, I believe. Okay. Anyway, so periodically I get to go to these things, and at the beginning of it they announced, all right, well, at the end of this we're going to have a Q&A with the director and co-founder of Ardman Animations, Peter Lord. And I was okay. completely shocked, because I thought this was just a normal, like, advanced screening, no big deal. Yeah. But he's, it was part of his U.S. tour, and he answered a bunch of questions at the end about the film, and it was really awesome. Okay, great. Now, Peter Lord, was he the creator of, like, Wallace and Gromit? Yeah. Chicken Run. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. Did you get in on the on the Q and A session? Yeah. Did you ask anything? Uh, yeah. I asked one question. I asked what was the most difficult scene to film, and he was like, "Actually, mm-hmm. the most difficult fe- scene that you would think is not the most difficult. The most difficult was this one where the captain was just sitting in a hammock trying to sleep, because I guess the hammock would move around and it wiggle and it, you know, <laughs> mess things up. So, um, oh, yeah. crazy. I mean, I just thought it was. I thought it would be like." Yeah, the one where this big wave came over and there were all these people and, and then the ship was... And he didn't... That was apparently not a big deal at all. So, yeah, there were some pretty good questions. I didn't I didn't know he was going to even be there. So, and these screenings, they won't let you take your phone. Um, they, like, scan you with a body scanner to see... So if you, you can't have, record it. Yeah, so you can't record anything. And so I couldn't... Oh, rec- sweet. Yeah, I didn't even have a pen to write anything down, but... It was pretty awesome, and he had one of the the puppets, the claymation dolls of the main character, the pirate captain. So it was pretty cool. They're about the size of a Barbie, a little fatter, but it's pretty awesome, yeah. Oh, awesome. So And the movie was really good. Like, I went in with sort of wishy-washy on it, and I was like, oh, it might be okay, it might not be. But it was mm-hmm. uh, it was really good. I, it, I thought it was better than Lorax by oh, really? far. Like, every line is oh, hilarious, because no. it's British humor. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's just like... Joke after joke after joke after joke. And, like, even things that aren't jokes verbally, like, there's jokes in the background, there's jokes with people, like, walking by, so it's it's good. So everyone should go see that when it comes out. 
Oh, sweet. Now, I think it was our first episode or our second episode where we brought up kind of an issue with uh, the leper boat scene oh, and yeah. how some people got offended. Did you did you catch any of that, like, offensive overtones that people were, were accusing it of having? Uh, no, no, no. Well, the thing is, they so they cut it out and they say, oh, no, you can't go on this boat. This is a leper boat. He actually answered a question about that. They're like, yeah, so you supposedly were supposed to remove that scene, but I saw that it was still in there because the scene that's actually in there... Um, they just say, oh, no, this isn't a gold boat. This is a plague boat. That's all they did. It was the same scene. All they did was change the word leper to plague, and the guy's arm still falls off. Like, <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> and the director, Peter Lord, he said, well, here's the thing. Like, it, It's only mildly less offensive than it was before, <laughs> which I kind well, of thought was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not like there's anyone who, alive who's who's like who can say, you know, hey, I'm offended with that. My, you know, my great aunt was was killed by the bubonic plague in the in the Middle Ages. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, right true. Now. I'd just be like, how old are you? <laughs> so, and the thing is, that's part of like a montage where they go onto a bunch of like boats that clearly don't have gold. Like they go on like a field trip with a bunch of like fourth graders. They go on <laughs> they go on the plague boat. They go on a ghost ship. Which I think is the the scene that they switched into the commercials. Yeah, so like it was literally three seconds, you know. Still funny, everyone laughed. So yeah, that's well, my animation that's all, life. Guess that's all good fun. Yeah, I've just been uh, I've been going up to the BYU Animation Lab just trying to get get some of my final projects ready for the application. And I had I finished up my figure drawing class at BYU last week. Awesome. So, yeah, so grades are due in a couple of weeks. So I guess I'll see if I made an A in that class. If I do, then. Um, That'll look good at my transcript when they review my uh, portfolio. So no, yeah, no more stick figures for you. Hey, no. Um, actually, we actually we drew stick figures in this figure drawing class. They're called armatures. They all have these scientific names, but they're basically glorified stick figures. The point was we had to get the limb length and the limb placement exactly uh, right. But they were like advanced stick figures. <laughs> so that's what I'm up to. What you got, Stephen? What's your story? Uh, I'm on spring break right now. I go to the. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the lesser BYU. BYU, BYU doesn't have spring break. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's well technically semester break. Technically, it's spring break because we're going from winter to spring. And it's <laughs> the the week break between winter and spring true, semester. True, true. So it is spring break, but um, nothing much for me. I uh, just here chilling. Cool, man. All right, so it sounds like we've all had busy, you know, we're all busy you know, doing what we're doing, besides Steven, at least. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a bum. Hey, it's all good. I, I live a bum life, so. You know, and speaking of being a bum, going into the news today, I don't think, uh, I mean, it's we don't really have that like much exciting stuff to report. Other than that, you know, there's new trailers for Brave, there's new posters coming out for animated films, and y'all can check that out, out on the web. Um, the only news story I found that was a real kind of, kind of interest for me like i don't own an iphone so i feel like a hypocrite talking about this but uh there's an app there's a game there's an app called chop chop ninja it's an app that's a game it's a it's a franchise that's got over 17 million downloads uh for the iphone and other i related devices i don't know what they are um so this chop chop ninja game app has just been greenlighted for a 52 episode long cartoon series for teletoon which is uh, based in canada yeah, 52 episodes. That's pretty significant. Wait, is that like three seasons, four? Well, I don't know. Sometimes they do it like five days a week. Let me let me, let me me tell you. Let me put it to you. Like Pokemon. 
like, well, I don't know about Pokemon, but like the first season of a of a normal cartoon is like that's what like what ten episodes, right? SpongeBob had like yeah. a little over ten, right? Yeah. And when I when I think cartoon, I automatically think SpongeBob because they're the greatest. Oh but no. But yeah, fifty two episodes. That's crazy. Yeah, it must be a pretty big deal. Um, it kind of looks like. Do you guys know the show Puka? Yes. Kind of like a, it's kind of like a South Park, but more theatrical and with, and there's like ninjas and stuff. I, I kind of, I liked it. It, um, it kind of have, they kind of like really crank up like the, you know, mystical Chinese martial arts film culture and it's kind of cute, but it just kind of looks like that. And I just got to ask, like, does this, this world that we live in, you know, it's so connected to everything now. If I just make like a cool app on the on the iPhone or something, will that eventually become a cartoon series? Like what what qualifies you know a franchise to become a cartoon series? Used to be you'd have video games made out of the TV show. Now we got TV shows you know coming from video game. I mean coming from <laughs> games. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no, no. There was a uh, like like Mario and Zelda. I mean, but those and were Sonic more, the Hedgehog, more traditional just, games. Oh yeah, because those those uh, cartoons were so um, amazing. Sonic X. They're so Sonic popular. Eggs. They might. They might. It's all about just getting as much money as they can from something popular. I agree with Steven. I think this is just kind of a money making ploy. Like, I never hear people on the street ranting and raving for a Chop Chop Ninja cartoon. <laughs> Maybe other apps. Which brings me to this kind of mini mini activity I want to do with y'all. Um, what if they took other apps and they made them into cartoon series? So I'm going to mention a couple. Y'all just you, uh, Morgan, you and Steven just uh, tell me yay or nay on these. All right. First of all, Angry Birds cartoon series, yay or nay? Yay. Nay. Yeah, what? I got a yay and a nay. Elaborate. First off, think of the possibilities of oh, plot gosh. lines. The pigs steal the egg. How many different scenarios can we go around that? Seasons <laughs> and seasons and seasons. And now with the space Angry Birds. Yeah. Oh, it probably okay. will be, but I don't want it to. I mean, I'm not going to Hey, watch I it. would love to see the, the different the personalities on the different birds and to see how they there... interact and, um, you know, what, what motivates them, what motivates the pigs to become evil and to steal those eggs. And... <laughs> Their backstory. Yeah. How... <laughs> are, the birds are they just inherently talking? evil or are they like tortured souls? It's hmm. <laughs> awesome. Okay, next one. Um, Tower Defense. Have you ever played that? Yay or nay? Nay. That's where you, like, set up all your, like, guns and your, like, piles of needles and your, like, zeppelins that shoot yeah. stuff. And you try to le- defeat all the balloons that are, like, traveling down a road. Oh. And, and you have to destroy them all in time. So, tower defense, I got tower an A defense. from no, y'all both. No, no, no. No, Okay, uh, Bejeweled Blitz cartoon <laughs> series. Yay or nay? <laughs> it could be, like, it could be a movie. Yeah, I'd say a nay. And uh, I also dug up, uh, what do you say, Steven? There's also, like, plants versus... Ooh, Plants oh, vs. Zombies. zombies. Plants vs. Zombies yeah, yeah, yeah. app. I say yay. That'd be sweet. Except for the one of those flowers is a total knockoff of a Pokemon. Oh, Bellsprout. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, kids, if you can't beat them, join them. I say a Plants vs. Zombies cartoon would be cool because it's like introducing kids to zombie culture in a, in a, in a non-bloody <laughs> way, you know? Yes. Plus, I think you'd have enough dark humor, like Invader Zim style, to be cool with like the young adult crowd. Also, <laughs> that's my argument. And adults, I mean, it's usually adults that play the game. To be honest, so so yeah, Chop Chop Ninja app is now a cartoon on Teletoon in Canada. That's the only interesting bit of news I have, and we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And that's the rest of the story. <laughs> and now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> Stand by for news. <laughs> 
<laughs> Special <laughs> guest Paul Harvey on the Rotoscopes, everyone. <laughs> Let's go into our main nerdy couch discussion for the day. This is a new segment. Are you familiar with this segment, Stephen? No. Oh, well, essentially, it's what we would be talking about if we were all chilling in an apartment, sitting on a couch, really late at night, animation-wise. And eating double-stuffed Oreos. Exactly. So, tonight, we are going to be talking about Disney princesses. And don't tell me this conversation has not come up amongst you and your friends. Because it comes up all the time. In my every, life. Every day so in my true. life. <laughs> I definitely do an inventory of Disney princesses almost whenever I can. You know, it's just kind of a mental checklist. Just to kind of keep up with them. Okay, how do I really feel about this one? Mental. Do I still feel this about this one? I've got it written down. you got it written down. Yeah, whiteboard. <laughs> Well, I, I feel like the Disney princesses need to be discussed uh, because we have two guys hosting this week, you know, mm-hmm. so more entertaining you're... possibilities. And Morgan, you can just kind of moderate and kind of <laughs> audibly roll your eyes at us. And so yes. I, that was just kind of the vision I had. <laughs> do you all know about the Disney princess franchise, like when it started, how it started? Well, I do, but teach us. To sum it up, there's a, there's a guy, uh, Andy Mooney, who was hired by Disney Consumer Products, and they had dropping, dropping sales. And this is in early 1999. So you got dropping sales on Disney consumer products. And the, the idea for this franchise was, was born when he went to his first Disney on Ice show. Now, waiting in line at the show, he, he um, saw a bunch of girls around him dress as Disney princesses. But the light bulb kind of clicked as far as marketing goes. And so they create a line of generic princess products. And the uh, product huh. line was formed. It says here on the, on the page that they, there was limited advertising. And there were no focus groups for this new for this new product line. Sales went uh, rose from three hundred million dollars in two thousand one to three billion dollars oh, in two thousand and six. Whoa! These ten princesses, and there's ten there's ten now uh, official ones, and some of them I don't even think count as princesses. I know one of them for sure doesn't. Um, <laughs> but there's ten of them now in this kind of pantheon of Disney babes. I shouldn't say uh-huh. Disney babes because. Princesses and Disney babes are totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, they Except didn't have. Well, Meg from Hercules <laughs> isn't in here. Um, um, she's a babe, but not a princess. Um, so yeah, so we're talking about a serious franchise here. Um, I know that there are Disney princess products in my household back in Texas. Growing up, I saw them. Um, you know, you had your toothbrush and you had your bed sheets. You know, uh, <laughs> yep. that I didn't. That I didn't have. You know, right, I had, right. A, I had the Star Wars stuff. You know. Disney princesses line. So let's introduce our princesses first before we go into our uh, our top three top three um, Disney princesses. First of all, you got Snow White, classic. The first. Yes. You got Snow White, Cinderella, and Aurora, which are like kind of the three like super classic. Um, super princesses. Super princesses. Before you go before you go into the Renaissance. Okay, so there's three. Can y'all guess the other the other seven? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Ariel. Ding. Belle. Okay, now you're just reading off the Wikipedia. No, I'm not reading anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Belle, continue. I had a Pocahontas. I don't know. So I'll say Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Technically, I guess she is the daughter of a chief, which is a ruler She could be a king. Is she considered part of the official Disney princess? She's on the official list of official Disney princesses. Okay, Jasmine. Jasmine, you got her. Mulan. 
Mulan, while not definitely not even royalty. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen the uh, I haven't seen the sequels, but I don't think she's royalty no, at all. No, still, still not royalty in the others. Did yeah, she marry? It, a... No. Well, he's just a captain. He's just oh. a Rapunzel. Rapunzel. Get that definitely. Okay, so how many are we missing? That's nine. You're missing one more. Kida. Very recent. Kida. I have no idea who Atlantis, that is. From Atlantis. Yeah, from Atlantis. Oh, she's a princess, but she's not in it. Maybe she does, she's a weird one, though. She's so. not very marketable. She doesn't really represent any race on, on Earth now. Oh, I know this new one. Is her name Princess Sophia? Is it no. Esmeralda? Oh. Think of a recent... A recent no, a, a recent animated... A really recent hand-drawn animated Disney film. Oh, Tiana. Durr. There you go. <laughs> Tiana, who becomes a princess. I didn't know her name. Okay, so th- those are that's our pantheon of Disney princesses. I just like the word pantheon. Keep using it. Hey, I will. Um, so there they are. So without fur- further ado, let's let's hop right into it. Steven, you know, who are your top three Disney princesses? All right, so first I have Jasmine as number one. I mean, she's just, she's just so exotic. You don't really, <laughs> you don't see that every day. And she's rich, so that's another plus. <laughs> The daughter of a sultan. <laughs> <laughs> and Morgan, I'm going to be counting on you to insert quotes. I will do all, all the, the princess quotes that I can. Just uh, next one's Bell. next one's Belle. Belle, she, huh? She's a brunette, intelligent, and uh, you know she's witty. She makes Gaston look retarded. What do you know about my dreams, Gaston? <laughs> and number three, I didn't know, so I just picked Cinderella because she's classy. Because she's classy, huh? Oh, yeah. She's not afraid to get down and dirty, you know, with the cleaning. Mm, uh, no. <laughs> that, yes. Cleaning. She's got to scrub the halls and the stairs, clean the chimney, and of course there's the mending and the sewing and the laundry. And then see that oh, Lucifer man. gets a bath. <laughs> I freaking love so Lucifer's sad. face when, when she says that. <laughs> I, have, I have seen a cat literally make that face before. <laughs> Okay, cool. Okay, so we've got so you got Jasmine. She's exotic. Belle, because she's la package total, you would say. Oh. And then you've got um, then you got Cinderella. Okay, my three. Okay, top Disney princess is Belle. I gotta agree with Steven. She's she's you know she's beautiful. I can't say that it's because she's a brunette because my girlfriend's a blonde. <laughs> but uh, I mean, she's attractive. She's super attractive. She's also got the intelligence, bookish, if you will. And, um, and yeah, I just, I just like her. I think she's got a, a better head on her shoulders than the other princesses. And she doesn't play the whole damsel in distress thing. Not at all. all right. I just like Princess- her because she likes ugly guys. <laughs> Guess. Oh, man. Well, maybe. She doesn't judge by looks. <laughs> oh, that's what you go. mean. <laughs> she doesn't judge by looks. There's something, there's something there that wasn't there before. Precisely. Princess number two. I'm going to put down Rapunzel, Ooh. even though, wow. yeah, I just like, okay, she goes barefoot wherever she goes, so she's pretty hardcore, I don't know, I just think she's not as helpless and dainty as the other princesses. Mm. Um, good with frying yeah. pan. I don't know what it is, yeah, she's good with a frying pan, she's like, you guys remember playing uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee, and that's one of the weapons that Princess Peach oh, used? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they totally stole it from that. But it switches from a gun. They totally did steal it. Yeah. And, um, but do you care so about her hair? Even What about when she cuts it? I could do both hairstyles, because I kind of like her personality, you know? 
But anyway, so that's princess number two. Princess number three, um, I'm going to go with... Okay, before I say my, my number three choice, can I just say that Princess Tiger Lily is a princess, mm. and she's the most unsung princess in all of Disney Dumb, in my opinion. True. And the girl from Black Cauldron. Oh, yeah, her. But How do you- her. Oh, yeah, her. <laughs> we don't even know her name. <laughs> Eloinie. Yeah, she's such a Princess Zelda. Yes, yes. She definitely is. But Tiger Lily is the bomb. Tiger Lily's sweet. Even though she doesn't have that many lines, you know, she is a princess. Mm-hmm. That being, oh. that being said, my number three is not Princess Tiger Lily, but <laughs> it's, pick. it's, uh, it's Pocahontas. Okay. Oh, nice. She might not be she might not be called a princess, but she is the daughter of a of a you know a regional ruler. If you want to get geographical, perfect. I do. Um, I just like her because she's outdoorsy. You know, she's fun. She knows how to canoe. I love canoeing. She knows how to swim. I love swimming, and uh, she's like really smart. She picked up English really quick as soon as she met John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, so yeah, I think I think those are my three. So yeah, we've got um, gosh, I can't even remember. We've got Belle, Rapunzel, and Pocahontas. Nice, that's a nice mix. I approve. I also approve. Good choice for Belle, at least. Okay, so it's my turn. Yeah, go for it. Now, okay, is the criteria are these your top three? Like what? Top three most beautiful. Top three all around best smile. Your just favorite in general. Um, I'll do all around best, like favorite in general. Okay. Then, let me say, mine kind of overlap both of yours. They've already both been said. Yay. One is Aurora, because she's always been my favorite since I was little. And I know people give her flack because, oh, she's so helpless and she's she's very uh, stupid or all these things. But you know what? She was representative of, like, kind of her time. I mean, she's... It wouldn't have made sense if she was really headstrong and whatnot, because that wasn't really the way it was in the 50s. So she's really pretty. (laughs) She's very talented. She can sing. She can pick berries. She can speak to the animals. It's great. So I love Aurora. Plus, she's blonde. Number two, Pocahontas. I have a crazy obsession with Pocahontas and that movie, because that was toward, like, in the middle of the Disney Renaissance. So all the movies before that, Beauty and the Beast... Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Lion King, you know, so it was just hit after hit after hit. So I was super pumped for Pocahontas. So, like, I had the Pocahontas Barbie dolls. I had Pocahontas, Cocoaum, and Nakoma. Oh, yeah, sweet. Pretty awesome. So I was, everything I had was Pocahontas. So I love her. She's super athletic. She's strong. Yeah, I just really, I love that movie. And then my last one is Jasmine because she's sassy and she's smart and she's Arabian. So what else can you ask for? There you go. That's awesome. Yeah, Jasmine's okay. I mean, I just, I don't know. To me, she's kind of on the annoying side with Ariel, and that's just me. Um, Sorry. I don't know. None of us get... picked Ariel. Yeah, I'm surprised. None of us picked Ariel. I don't know. I just can't do the rebellious teenager. Yeah. yeah. Now, hold on. Rapunzel is not rebellious. I know what you're thinking, everybody out there. I don't think Rapunzel's much of a rebellious teenager. She rebels, but she's that's not her main conflict, you know? True, true. She just wanted to see the lights. There you go. And then she saw the light. But anyway. (laughs) All right, any honorable mentions? Like, maybe not Disney princesses, but, like, you know, strong, you know, um, beautiful females in Disney. Oh, Jane from Tarzan? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm Jane. No, no, no. (laughs) 
Clinton. Jane Tarzan. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. What's so great? What's so great about Jane? Then? Uh, Jane. Well, she's intelligent. She's smart. She's another brunette out there. She's artistic. I don't know. I just think she's a good all-around British woman. With so. the gloves. Yeah, I'm she's very dainty and proper, and she throws that kind of all away to be with the man she loves. I don't know. I love Jane. I like Meg. <gasps> Meg, Meg, huh? Because Meg. My little nut, Meg. <laughs> Meg's like representative of our times today. Man, she's so sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, she is kind of the more modern woman. She is. She's got, it's like independent woman. That's what Meg is. She doesn't care about guys because she got burned, you know. But. Mm. Sad. She's been hurt too much. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I freaking love, okay, I don't even know her name, but she's like Tiana's counterpart in Princess and the Frog. You oh know, the white gosh. girl, the rich white girls kind Charlotte of... Charlotte LaBeouf. Yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte is one of my favorite, too. I love Charlotte. She's so <laughs> over the like, top. Oh, my gosh, it's Prince Navarre! <laughs> <laughs> something like that. She, like, goes crazy. With these mad-catching beignets. Okay, I just... I, I, got, I love a southern girl, first of all. Oh, I just like her. I like her character because she's rich and she gets whatever she wants, but she's not the spoiled evil girl, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. And she's, you know, she's friends with Tiana, you know, despite their, you know, economic and social distance between them. And she's pretty, um, and she's, uh, you know, she gets a happy ending too, you know. She's, a, you know, she was going to be the butt of the joke of, of all the villains, you know, in that film. And then uh, it kind of turns around to where the ending is good for Tiana and uh, Charlotte. So I really like Charlotte. I think she's like a headstrong, outrageously funny, you know, and... You know, cute, whatever, attractive Disney girl. So I was. Um, another honorable mention I would say is Esmeralda, just because she's a gypsy. Oh, she's independent, strong. Yeah, she's a great. little on the edgy side. Very edgy. So, any last words on the Disney princesses? Anastasia. Does she count? <laughs> oh my gosh! Throw him out. <laughs> <laughs> we can cut that. That's a joke. Too. If you uh, can't tell the sarcasm, uh, that Steve's clearly joking. But yeah. Oh, you're just covering for him, Morgan. What a good sister. <laughs> <laughs> Last thoughts. There is okay. There is a, a princess who's newly added to the print. I don't know if it's to the official Disney lineup, but it's called Princess Sophia. She's a made-up princess by the Disney company who is targeted for little girls. So Princess Sophia is like four years old. And so it's a new way that these girls can, uh, you know, <laughs> relate to another princess in their life. So, I, well, I, she's no honorable mention in my book, but <laughs> I just have to let you know if she exists. Yeah, and, and that makes sense. I, I don't know if y'all remember the New York Times article about, like, kind of um, discussing the criticisms of the image of the Disney princess and if they're really good role models, if they should be role models for children. So maybe this is kind of a move to have more, like, a more identifiable, yeah, you know, Disney princess. If you don't want, if you don't want kids to be looking up to the damsel in distress or <laughs> the mermaid, who you know, all you know, she's uh, wearing two seashells over her torso, <laughs> and that's her clothes. If you don't want, uh, I guess, if you don't want your kids looking up to that type of image, then okay, make a younger one, and they'll snap down to that one. I guess I don't yeah. know. She's the transition princess, or the gateway princess, as we call <laughs> the her. gateway princess. <laughs> I love Start it. Start him young. Start him young. <laughs> so then who's like the crack cocaine of Disney, Disney princesses? Mm. <laughs> we don't have to go on with that. <laughs> <laughs>
our main discussion today. This was actually suggested by Chelsea, who's not even here. It is Disney's 50th feature-length animated film, Tangled. Wow. I could get used to a view like this. Yep. Guys, I want a castle. I'm a guy with some simple dreams. Are you guarding this? Yeah. Huh? But on this day, I was just looking for a place to escape. Then it hit me. In this tower lived a girl who'd been there a very long time. I'm prepared to offer you a deal. Deal? Look this way. I want to see the world. And not just from my window. First, I said, no can do. Then I said, let down your hat. I can't believe I did this. Yay! Who's that? They don't like me. Let's just assume for the moment that everyone in here doesn't like me. Is there anything else I should know about you? I have magic hair that has to be protected. From whom? We want the girl with the magic hair. I have got to get one of these. Arms in. Arms in. Knees apart. Knees apart. Knees apart. I've waited my whole life for this day. What if it's not everything I dreamed it would be? Here they are! Run! You should know that this is the strangest thing I've ever done! Look out! That's a lot of hair. This is kind of an off day for me. This doesn't normally happen. Go. Live your dream. I will. Your dream stinks. I was talking to her. Hooray! Chelsea, I think she picked it because she... Well, we were going to do a Goofy movie, but she's really, really fond of a Goofy movie, and so she was like, eh! Just do Tangled instead. So I think Chelsea's seen Tangled maybe once, so she doesn't really have any affinity for it, maybe like I do, or a lot of our listeners do. So, hey, she's missing out. I think Tangled is pretty awesome, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, well, it's a shame she's not here, because she always has a lot to say about the you know the musical style Disney films that we, yeah. we or um, animated films that we watch. But, hey, we'll try to do our best with the, the music of this film. You got me. Well, I'm, hey, not, I got I'm not going to sing, so we'll leave it to Morgan. <laughs> okay. What? Steven, you know we always have a musical number on our Rotoscopers episodes. Okay, so Tangled. So just a little backstory on this. It was released November 2010. It spent six years in production, which is a bit long for an animated film. Usually it's about three to four years, and so this was definitely almost double that. And huh. it is the most expensive animated film ever made and the second most expensive film in general holy cow yeah so originally wow. there were there were lots of problems as they were making this it started out as one thing about these uh these kind of this teenager couple where it was rapunzel and this this teenager friend and how they were they were really sarcastic and it was just a different version of the movie than we know now and i guess all the way you know somewhat into production they completely scrapped the idea and they went for something else um, originally Glenn Keane was the direct, he had a co-director and they were taken off. Uh, Glenn Keane was still the executive producer, but then there were two new directors who were put on 
Okay, so this movie was directed by Nathan Greno and Brian Howard. They also were the directors of Princess and the Frog. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Walt Disney was a, had ideas for Rapunzel. Uh-huh. Just to, back in the 40s, remember that, from the extra oh, yeah. scenes? Yeah, so this was one Did that... y'all Did y'all find a DVD version that had special features, like behind-the-scenes stuff? Oh, yeah, we have the Blu-ray. It's, oh, you jerk. It's the one Blu-ray that I own because when I was buying the DVD like a year ago, I decided, okay, one day in my life I'm going to have a Blu-ray player, <laughs> and I don't want to have to rebuy Tangled. So. And luckily I have my PS3 down here, so... So, yeah, we got to experience Dang. it in all its glory. Jealous. Yeah, better be. Genius. So, originally, what happened was, you know, like we said, this went through a lot of changes. Kristen Chenoweth, who originally played Glinda in Wicked. She was supposed to be Rapunzel. And if you know Kristen Chenoweth, she has this really high falsetto. She's always like, ah! Whoa, what yeah. the? It's called the Cheno note or something. Like, she does that, like, all the time randomly. <laughs> like, in the middle of a conversation, she'll just make that noise. <laughs> just Google it. Just do a YouTube. It's just, like, two minutes of her doing that. <laughs> so, oh and she's, gosh. like, 45, 40. So, I mean, not the Mandy Moore version. It was definitely... Uh, uh, Kristen Chenoweth, she also plays Rosetta in the Tinkerbell films. She kind of has like a southern drawl. It, it's a completely different mm. Rapunzel than what we now have. So, Just yeah. Just imagine it. A southern Rapunzel. That would have been amazing. <laughs> oh, man. Pull it down your hair. <laughs> like I said, this, was, this movie was most expensive ever. $260 million was spent on this movie, but luckily it made it back. It made $590 million in the box office worldwide, which mm-hmm. was double what Princess and the Frog made, so it was definitely a critical success, and I think that this movie yeah. is way more popular than Princess and the Frog. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I... Yeah, go ask a little girl on the street what their favorite Disney movie is, and they're just going to be like, Tangled, you know? Yeah, Tangled. There's, like, so much Tangled merchandise right now. Like, Tangled. I had a friend who's a guy. He's 23 years you old. You have a friend who's I... a guy? I know, I know. Shh, don't tell anyone. And I'm not even kidding. He saw this movie, like, six times in theaters. And oh, boy. For a princess, quote-unquote princess movie, I think that's pretty significant that it appealed to guys and they wanted to go out and see this and they had no problem seeing it opposed to princess and the frog which was seen as very princess themed well it's like we said that they changed the title right from rapunzel to tangled we're guessing to appeal to more audiences right that's going back to our discussion we had a couple episodes ago yeah so rapunzel actually went through a few different name changes so there's tangled that's what it ended up as um in europe for the europe release they released it as rapunzel um, huh. Which I didn't know. I didn't know that in Europe it was referred to as Rapunzel. I wish it would have stayed that way, but whatever. Um, and then one of its working titles, it was known as Rapunzel Unbraided. And then another <laughs> another title was Rapunzel, semicolon, A Tangled Tale. A Tangled Tale. <laughs> wow. So that's where the tangled came in. I always had a problem with the name tangled because the word tangle is never actually in the movie mm-hmm. and her hair yeah. never actually gets tangled. And so that always bothered me, because why are you naming Tangled when Tangled isn't even an issue? But whatever. Because it has to do with, well, the iconic object in the film is Rapunzel's hair. But it also, I think it describes the relationship between Flynn Rider and uh, Rapunzel. In Spanish, when I was in Argentina, I saw posters for it. It wasn't called Tangled, it was called Enredados, which means, like, netted up Rapunzel. together, or, like, or, like, tied together or bound together or something like that. Mm-hmm. And 
with the suffix, it meant that it meant two pe- you know two objects were being tangled together. Ah, so interesting. You know, if you want to know the meaning of something, you got to go international sometimes. <laughs> so, what are some things you guys liked about this movie? Well, you got to start with the soundtrack. I mean, they pointed out Mandy Moore for that specific reason. And who else could have actually done the singing? I have no idea. Vanessa Hudgens, maybe? <laughs> Lady Gaga. No. Oh, Lady Gaga, of course. <laughs> yeah, so the the music was written by Alan Menken, who is the classic Disney music go-to man of the Renaissance. He did Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Pocahontas. Pretty much he's had his fingers involved in anything that's animated of Disney's in the last 20 years. And then the lyricist was Glenn Slater. Okay, cool. Yeah. You did a good job. I thought Mandy Moore was the good singing voice, you know, was the good voice for, for Rapunzel. It didn't make her, you know, sound too squeaky young and but or not too, like, mature, like when Ursula turns into that hot chick and she starts singing. <laughs> not, not that, yeah, yeah not no. oh, oh, why didn't I put her as my Disney babe? <laughs> She's the, oh, man, anyway. Is Ursula a princess? Except when she gets the Ursula voice back, she's like, Eric, get away from her. <laughs> Anyway, I thought Mandy Moore was a good pick. And I just like this film overall because it's the first CGI. Isn't it the first? It's the first CGI princess film for Disney. Yes. And going back to the music, is it the first like Disney like you know classic style movie where you have the fairy tale and the songs and stuff in CGI? Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. It is. So that's why I think this movie is so cool because you have the cool soundtrack, but you implement it into 3D animation. And so all the dances and choreography takes on a whole new dimension, literally, folks. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, you get better animation for lip syncing. And you have, uh, you know, like I said, choreographing the, you know, the singing and dancing scenes is, is a lot more impressive now. So, yeah, I think this movie is a huge success just for that. Yeah, I appreciated that they made it sort more of a traditional Disney animated film where it has a musical score. Um, yeah. Y'all got any favorite songs? Uh, Mother Knows Best is oh, amazing. A... The Plague. Getting kind of chubby. <laughs> I'm just saying, because I love ya. I, yeah, I liked, I liked her character because her singing voice was... She had a lot of uh, variety in her singing voice. And it made her super entertaining. Mother Gothel's voice was Donna Murphy, and she's a Broadway, you know, legend of sorts. So I, I like when they when they go more Broadway for their singers, actors, rather than more commercial. I mean, Mandy Moore was a really good choice for this, and she carried it really well. But villain songs usually are, are very powerful oh, yeah. and stronger uh, vocally than the other songs. And so I'm glad they had uh, Donna Murphy to do it. So I love all the songs. I liked I've had a, I've got a dream. Oh, man. Uh, it was, it's just so classic. Everything about it. It's all the different characters they introduce and the the strange things that they love. Yeah, so. definitely. I like it too because it. Yeah, because it kind of reveals the softer side of these like big Viking yeah. barbarian dudes. <laughs> um, I like that song too. I really liked "See the Light." Oh, that was cute. At first, I didn't like <laughs> oh. it. Like that was my least favorite on the soundtrack because it reminded me very much of like. Christian youth song, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been to a couple of church camps oh, where they've had stuff like that. Yes, like, I'm not even kidding. Shine like, a lot. <laughs> no, I have 
been yeah, I've been to I've been to some church camps that have been that have those <laughs> And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is a complete ripoff of all those like Christian like youth camp songs. But um I got over it very quickly and it's one of my favorites and it's a great duet, so yeah, that's a good one too. They're all good. Yeah, nothing wrong with Christian youth camps, but yeah, it did bear a striking resemblance. <laughs> yeah, um let's see, favorite song. I love Mother Knows Best and I like um I like Rapunzel's song at the beginning when will her life begin you know uh-huh. she's talking about all her like when i first saw the film i was like okay rapunzel's just like a you know one of the sweet sappy you know goody goody two-shoes disney princesses but she's in a lot of really funny kind of random activities candle making guitar um chess. stretching sketching ske- uh, chess she reads the same uh, books fit- ventriloquism yeah (laughs) and brushing and brushing and brushing and then um i just love that moment where she gets out of the tower and she's like and running and leaping and something and then she's like and she does that huge big um finale about her life beginning and there's birds flying around her and there's sunlight on her i was like okay this is totally disney (laughs) i like how they interpreted that vibe into a a cgi film i think that was cool so yeah, soundtrack is amazing in this film. Tangled is sort of like a watered down version of Hunchback, don't you think? What? Well, like Hunchback oh, and Notre Dame. Sale. Okay, Hunchback and Notre Dame. It's about Quasimodo who goes out finally. He wants to be free. He's trapped in a tower. He wants to experience the world outside. So finally, he does, and he breaks away from Frollo and everything that that's about, and and learns to be himself and experience love and all that stuff. And I think Tangled is essentially that same same plot line. Just minus the gypsy subplot just, and the... <laughs> and minus the fact that Rapunzel's not, like, hideously deformed. Yeah. What? Does that matter? <laughs> Whatever. She's a character trapped in a tower. Well, she's accepted right when she gets into town. Yeah. Quasimodo Maybe... is not. He is because they think he's... <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. What? Because it's That doesn't matter. Though. I didn't say it's the exact same story. I just said it has elements that are similar. Okay, elements in it. And I, I didn't want to sound insensitive or anything. I was just pointing out a... Um, an extreme detail. Yes, yes. Yeah. Just, kind of <laughs> just to kind of be a jerk about it. But, I mean, I guess I could see it. There's no evil... Okay, all right, I won't get into the details. I won't be nitpicky. But, yeah, I, I can see I can see that. Yeah. I don't think it's a watered-down version of it, though. Okay, well, it's kind of similar. Very similar plot elements. Okay, so what do you think about the characters in this movie? Memorable, not memorable, lame? I think, well, okay, I'll get into lame characters later, I guess. Um... There's some couple. There are a couple of characters that really stood out to me. Um, besides, you know, the main cast. I really love Maximus the horse. Yes. Oh yeah. I love him. Okay, I just love his personality. Like he's a horse with such a like funny personality. I just love how his movements are so rigid, and he's such a stern character. You know, you know, they takes great pride in his, you know, being like a palace horse, and he's had this. Obvious military training because he can handle a sword pretty well. Yeah. Um, I just love his movements. He's just, like, so mean. When he finds uh, Flynn Rider's uh, wanted poster, he just grabs it and treads it up in his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I just love him as a horse. Like, what other Disney horses are as entertaining as Maximus, you know? This is kind of weird. I also like the Captain of the Guard. I like films that have, like, multiple antagonists. But they're not at, they're not necessarily like evil like whoa you know, <laughs> evil people you know I like Captain of the Guard because he's a more like a kind of a rival character to R- Flynn Rider you know and he kind of represents um, 
you know, another opposing force that's against Flynn Rider. Flynn Rider's got a lot of enemies in this film. You know, Mother yes. Gothel eventually, you know, eventually goes against him. Awesome name, by the way. I love the, the name Mother Gothel. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were talking about Flynn's real name, Eugene. Uh, <laughs> Eugene Fitzherbert. <laughs> and uh, you got the, uh, the Stabbington brothers, and, uh, you know, who... You know they're they're after him because they want the crown and the castle guard because uh, Flynn Rider's an outlaw. You know. Yes. So there's a lot of pressure on Flynn Rider in this film. Another another couple of uh, characters I really like are Rapunzel's parents, the king and queen. I think they're powerful characters because they don't have any lines in the film, but just how they do their facial expressions and the kind of their body language. There's just oh man, I get so sad when I see some of their scenes. Oh. Poor people. Yeah, they kind of, they're, like, this movie has a lot of similarities to a bunch of Disney movies. You know, the similarity with the parents is the daughter being taken away, you know, very, very young. But in this case, they didn't have a choice, unlike Aurora's parents, where they, for her safety, gave her up. And so for these parents, it's just this unresolved, unresolved um, mystery of, like, where did our daughter go? But we still have hope, and the hope is you know, shown through the lanterns that they light off every year. Yeah, definitely. I think it's worth mentioning that Rapunzel's parents are pretty chill for Disney kings and queens. You know, there's a lot of really eccentric, there's a lot of eccentric, boisterous, flamboyant, like, outright, like, over-the-top kings in Disney. Uh, like Cinderella's dad? <laughs> yeah. No, no, sorry, sorry. Not Cinderella's dad, um, the, the king, you know? The king and Cinderella. <laughs> I want to I want to launch into some quotes, but that'll be for another time. Okay. And then you've got uh, you know King Triton, who's got his flaws, and then you've got um, well now you've got uh, Merida's father and mother uh, in in Brave. We've already had a look at their personalities. Oh yeah. So I yeah Rapunzel's parents are pretty chill, you know, no lines, you know, they just they just keep it on, keep it on. Um, speaking of. You know how they light off the the lanterns every year. I I love that scene. I watched it in HD, and I just have to say, if you have Blu-ray or you have access to a Blu-ray player, or this comes on in HD at one point, you have to watch this scene. It was just visually exciting. You know, it got you all teary-eyed, but it was like a a great scene, basically. Do you, Stephen? Do you remember how many lanterns they said were in that scene? Uh, it said forty-five thousand. Yes, there were forty-five thousand. Lanterns during that. Holy scene. cow! Yeah, dude, that's Which beautiful, man. Do you know if they had like a program to kind of like a compositing program I'm to kind of like positive they had to? <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, they that's... did the animation for each one by hand. <laughs> by hand. By hand. Hey, the all the bubbles in Little Mermaid were done by hand. Yeah, that's true. All the we live in a different yeah. day and age. Um, I kind of have a conundrum about this. So you know how Rapunzel and Flynn they go out and they watch. The lantern uh, release from a boat, kind of off, you know, the castle. Mm-hmm. Are they the only people who decide to do that? Like, don't you think everyone would be renting these boats and trying to get this awesome view of it? Or am huh. I missing something? They already did it once, and they don't need to. <laughs> well, that's a good that's a good point you made, Morgan, because um, the the line that transitions from them like dancing and like courting each other, you know, that one afternoon where they went on like, you know, 50 dates. Yes. You know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden some guy's like to the boats. 
and they go <laughs> over to the boat. And it's <laughs> like there's no one in boats after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I why, don't didn't know. The, why didn't some guy just say, like, all right, let's get this party started, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Unanswered maybe questions if, in the Disney universe. My answer to the conundrum is maybe they had, like, snack bars set up, you know, over at up in the front of the castle. So everyone wanted to be there instead of yeah, on the lake. Maybe, maybe it was cold out on the lake. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe it's just mandatory that you have to be in the city limits to help release all the 45,000 lanterns. Flynn Rider is an outlaw. Yeah. That's probably it. Yeah, so let's talk animation here with the film. I think the film just looks beautiful. You can definitely see in the characters like where you get kind of that, okay, it's kind of the same old look for CGI characters. The whole imagery of the world of Tangled is so beautiful. You look at behind-the-scenes stuff, you can tell the directors were looking for, quote-unquote, um, digital painting, like blending the traditional painted art of Disney animated classics and CGI. Which, as I understand, like looking at all the behind-the-scenes stuff and looking at quotes from directors and, and animators, um, it was quite a challenge. One, it was a challenge with the hair, but also getting this getting this huge environment of, you know, this big environment that looks just so beautiful. It looks like a painting, you know, mm-hmm. but it's 3D animation. Maybe that has something to do with the fact that this film was in production for six years. Yeah. But it definitely shows that they worked hard on it and they accomplished their goal. Yeah. One thing that they were trying to do, he, it said that Glenn Keane, he wanted this to have the feel of a 2D traditional or a, a traditionally animated film. Um, originally, you know, the paintings that this film was based off, they really wanted kind of a Rococo feel. Specifically, there's a French artist named Jean Fragonard. I don't even know how to say it. But he has a really iconic piece of art called The Swing. And you can just Google it and look it up. It's just this girl in a pink dress swinging on a swing, and it's really light and airy and, and very pretty. And if you look some of the original concept art for Rapunzel she has that look to her and so they they wanted to like blend those things like you were talking about make it feel like painted classic art so and I feel like even though when I saw it in HD you know HD typically things are very crisp everything was really soft at the same time like I really liked how it wasn't photo real you know you didn't see every single one of Rapunzel's pores like you didn't see any at all you know (laughs) yeah so it made it, okay, this is obviously an animated film, and it's not supposed to look real, but it has that real painting quality to it. And I know they worked a long time on Rapunzel's hair, and I think they actually developed, like, a utility or, like, a plug-in for their animation software that kind of made, like, manipulating her hair possible. But I, I do remember I do remember reading that it took quite a took a couple years to develop that. They actually had a hair, what was it, a hair design? Yeah, like this lady who, like, her PhD was in hair. It was... Not even kidding. It was ridiculous. And, um... What, like, in animation? Like, she did her master's thesis on hair? Or she was just a hair She was just a hair specialist, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's on one of the special features. And she went into this, this huge thing about... She had to design each hair, and then they went through all these bloopers of... The hair just going nuts and different <laughs> scenes. Like, like it just shoot everywhere. It looked like Medusa. <laughs> but I found this. Uh, the animators have said she had over 70 feet of hair, and it consists of over 100,000 strands, which Yikes. is, which is they said it equals 10 pounds. But I'm that a nerd. That is so not 10 pounds. I'm a nerd, so I looked online, and they said that a pound of hair is equal to a, fo- a foot of hair. So it should be seventy pounds. Yeah, we're looking at which, seventy pounds, folks. Which shouldn't. Yeah, Rapunzel <laughs> must have some major like kinks in the neck from like holding all that up every day. 
Yeah, seriously. More strong neck, hey. Yeah, maybe she just developed that. Um, one thing that kind of bothered me, did you notice this, that Rapunzel's hair seems to, like, change lengths? You know, when she's in the tower, it's super long, and it just, like, you know, yeah. it goes all the way to the the bottom of the tower, and she can throw it in all these, like, circle after circle after circle. And then other yeah. times when she's running with Flynn Rider, it's only like, oh, I got, I got 20 feet of hair, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she can retract it. <laughs> Nasty. But, uh, yeah, I bet you, I bet if you look in the goofs on the IMDb page, it probably says, like, her hair changes lengths. Now that you mention it, I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah. But, hey, what can you do? Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I have long hair, and trust me, when I braid my hair, it doesn't lose that much length. But when Rapunzel braids her hair, suddenly it becomes from 70 feet to to her actual feet length. You know, which is like five right. feet. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know, that's just a... They're just really good at braiding hair. Yeah, it's just super thick braid. Okay, so kind of going off on that, what are some other things you didn't like? Okay, going back to characters, I didn't like Pascal. He was my least favorite character in this film. Really? Yeah, I, I honestly think, like, if it weren't for this, like, incessant need for Disney princesses to have an animal to talk to, because yeah. you got uh, you got Flounder, you've got, um, uh, what's the raccoon's name for Pocahontas? Miko. Yeah, Miko. So I guess they have to have someone to, like, confide in before they meet, like, their love interest or whatever. But Pascal, like... But they can't have another person? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I just couldn't, I just couldn't deal with him. I think he was... I think he was kind of annoying. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, like, I don't... Yeah, I agree. I don't understand necessarily why there has to be a sidekick character the whole time, but... I know a lot of my friends bought chameleons because of this movie. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was thinking if that... I was wondering if that, like, there was a surge in chameleon sales, because that's what happened after Finding Nemo. Um, suddenly, Everybody wanted a clown. But yeah, and so like there were these huge surges of people buying those, and like they're actually like really expensive fish to take care of. You have to have a saltwater tank. You actually can't put those two fish in the same tank because they don't get along. So lots of drama. <laughs> okay, one thing I didn't like. Um, so well, like I do, but there's certain parts that I don't. Um, one thing that I liked was Rapunzel's design. Overall, she's a very pleasing character. I mean, I guess the only issues I'd have with it are her front teeth. I feel like they're kind of like rabbit buck teeth, and I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it, it does. Does that bother anyone else? It is true. She's got big teeth. I think it kind of supports the kind of, yeah, nerdy, awkward teenager phase <laughs> that she's going through in the movie. Yeah. I mean, she does play chess, and she does clean all day, and she does, like, chart star maps. <laughs> Touche. So, and and to me, I don't know if it's just me, but I, sometimes I hear kind of a uh, like a semi lisp in her voice when she speaks, especially yeah, especially true. towards the beginning of the film when she's, you know, when we kind of get introduced to her and her kind of uh, sheltered lifestyle. Yeah. And so I think that kind of supports it. Yeah, I don't that's know. interesting. The teeth were okay, but her eyes were really huge. Was that a bad thing? I don't. No. Like, it, it matches with everything else. Like, she has a huge mouth. Yeah. There you go. Like, it's all good proportion. Point, good it's point, all proportionate, Steve. so. Yeah, good point, Steven. It's not like Bratz dolls oh, disproportionate, yeah. you know? Well, I think I think if this was a 2D film, I don't think the big eyes would have bothered us so much. Because I think yeah. Ariel and Jasmine have really big eyes, but 
I think because this everything's a bit more dimensional, you're like, whoa, yeah. giant. I Is think, that what you were like when you first saw her? Well, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like her freckles, too. I think that creates the youthful, innocence look. I mean, she is only 18, so... 16. Right? Oh, 18? She's 18. Oh. I would have thought 16. I win. They tried to go away from the traditional 16-year-old. <laughs> They're all 16. Because I remember she said, for my 18th birthday, I want to see the... The stars. The lights in the sky. I knew they weren't stars. <laughs> wow. Okay, you have got a really good Disney princess voice, Morgan. Just keep bringing it up. I, I like to hear it's, it. It's settled. You when I'm a big-time animator and I'm in charge of character casting, I'll, I'll make sure you get a spot as a princess. Even if you can't get me in the final film, let me do like the rough track, please. Yeah. Either you'll voice it, or I'll have Lady Gaga do your voice. Oh. No, you, you can do your voice, and Lady Gaga can do your singing voice. Awesome. Done. Done and done. done. Too bad Chelsea's not here, otherwise I'm sure she would want to be the singing voice, but you snooze, you lose. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay, quick quiz. Okay, first of all, there are other Disney villains who have fallen to their deaths. Can you name some of them for me? Guess. Oh. Go for it. Gaston. We'll take turns. Okay. Morgan says Gaston. Uh, Clayton. Clayton. Okay, I got one. Um, I don't know anymore. No, I don't want... Did Maleficent die from falling? Uh, she was stabbed. And she was stabbed, and then her dragon's she... her dragony self fell. Okay. Then um, the evil queen from Snow White. Oh, yeah, that's right. She got pushed off a cliff. Yes. Uh, Frollo from Hunchback. Oh, that is true. Radigan. Oh, Radigan fell. He fell no, off a big bed. He, he got eaten, didn't he? Uh, no, he falls uh, from the sky. <laughs> Remember, he's... And then... Um, Basil falls with him. Oh, and then the bicycle hovercraft. Yeah. Okay, so, so those are the only ones we could think of. I I've just googled this so we can all know which ten Disney villains have fallen from their death. Um, the other ones we missed are Cruella Deville. Cruella Deville. She collides. She collides with die. the. Drives her car into a ravine. <laughs> that's not that's not death by falling. Well, yeah, falling down. Yeah, I don't falling. believe um, that. Percival McLeach from the Rescuers Down Under. Oh yeah, McLeach. Yeah. Any others? Supposedly Scar. No. He fall he, he a mini fall off a cliff and then there's hyenas awaiting him. Frollo. Hades falls down the he doesn't river die. of death. He doesn't die though. Yeah. He's dragged down by fallen souls. It doesn't show him you've fallen down, right? Well, he's going in the spiral oh, like a toilet. Right. Okay. He gets flushed. He's going to be so angry when he gets out. Clay- you mean I- if he gets out. <laughs> Clayton's the worst one. He he gets hung. Yeah. He, gets he, has, a, he has a violent death. Also, I would say that um, the queen from Enchanted, doesn't she fall from the tower? That is true. Okay, so we've been talking about these falls. Now, there is kind of a conflict or kind of a debate on the internet about what really was the cause of death for poor old Mother Gothel. Now, she was rapidly... Now, the the whole anti-aging power of of, uh, Rapunzel's hair... I almost said Tangle's hair. uh, Rapunzel's hair reversed itself. And so did she die of rapid aging on the way down or did she die from the impact? When I first saw the movie... When I, when I first saw this film in theaters, I thought I thought that she fell and she, like, hit the ground, you know? Yeah. yeah that's but when I, I saw it last night, it's like a bunch of dust flies out yeah. when she falls, and it doesn't look like there's a body. So 
now I'm kind of inclined to think the latter that she that she aged rapidly and turned to dust by the time she had almost hit the ground. I agree with you. She doesn't actually hit the ground. Like it's only her her cloak, right? Yeah. I I believe that she was dying as she was falling. <laughs> And then the complete the transformation process of the death completed while she was falling, and by the time she hit the ground, she was dead. So the fall just generally killed her. No, well, she started dying the second the hair was cut because that's yeah. when the power ended. So the second Rapunzel's hair was cut off, she started to age. She backed into the window and fell, which was an element of her death. <laughs> but I think she still would have died whether or not she fell out the window. <laughs> It sounds like we're putting Mother Gothel's death, like, on trial. <laughs> Objection! Judge, I think she the real question the here... Window. I think the real question here, Your Honor, is what exactly caused the end of Mother Gothel's life? <laughs> now, if the Honorable Jury will let me take the time here to analyze what exactly happened, minute by minute, I have the reenactment here set up. <laughs> 7.15 p.m., Mother Gothel trips over the... <laughs> I contend that she was tripped by Pascal. Objection, Your Honor. <laughs> Badgering the witness. All of a sudden, of a sudden it's a uh, Orson Welles uh, courtroom scene. <laughs> Objection, Your Honor. Overruled. Off topic there. Okay, one thing I also don't like, I'm not a fan of the whole Eugene... <laughs> well, you say it like that, it sounds so nervous. Well, that's how she says it. She's like, Eugene! Not not attractive. Um, I would. I know his name isn't actually Flynn Rider, but that's just a sexier name. Why doesn't he keep it? Yeah, his name was supposed to be... Oh, I got it, I got it. Bastion, that was his name. Bastion. Or Bastion. Sounds like Gaston. I would have liked that's Bastion more, better than Fre- Eugene. more French. No, no, no. You, um, I think Bastion was supposed to be his Flynn Rider name. Really? Oh. Oh, well, uh, forget that. Was it always supposed to be? Let's check. Mm-hmm. The hero's name was originally going to be Bastion. That's all it says. No, no, no. Eugene was originally named Bastion, or as many people call him, Bear Flynn. Actually, and did you know that Flynn Rider is the first Disney hero since Phoebus in Hunchback and Notre Dame to have facial hair? Hello. You better believe it. Okay, so I just got a couple of random points about this movie. Number one, uh, Tangled is awesome in the Spanish language. Ooh. Have you watched it in Spanish? I've watched it in Spanish once or twice, but it was probably about a year ago. I know in Polish that the, the translations are amazing. You watch them both to, to see the differences, and it's not really there, but you like it's geared towards the, the Polish people or the Spanish people. Yeah, like yeah. Okay. So this was the first Disney Princess movie to get a PG rating from the MPAA. Ooh, scandalous. Oh, scandalous. <laughs> I know. Breaking new ground there. Copernicus. I mean, okay, do parents really care that much about, like, PG versus G when they're taking their kids? Yes, they do. Have you, you, have, you been on, have you been on Redbox.com and checked out the comments? <laughs> no. I'm serious. There's some of them who are, like, parents who are like, oh, this was a great, fun family film, but there were a couple parts that were a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> I could just hear their voices. I'm like, scary what? Just the Come on. Your kids oh, make... When your kids are make-believing, they think of more <laughs> horrific stuff than this. Honestly, some of them are like, um, some of the parts were, like, a little too intense for my little girl. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. My, oh, I looked on there, and my favorite one was from this user named Ebert Roper. And it said, <laughs> and I quote, mildly entertaining, pretty much zero adult humor. <laughs> like, what was he really expecting from... 
a Disney movie, first of all. <laughs> Princess. And well, maybe, maybe he saw Hunchback of Notre Dame recently. An animation. <laughs> I mean, he's expecting, like, oh, lewd scenes. No, of course not. Maybe he just watched Rango. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I got a I got a quick story about this. When I was taking uh, 3D graphics in the spring, gosh, almost a year ago already, my uh, animation professor he did a shot by shot analysis of the digital lighting in the snuggly duckling scene. I don't want this to turn into another one of Mason's animation lectures, but basically he pointed out that the light sources in that scene they shift for one. They don't necessarily always come from you know the roaring fire or the wind sunlight coming out of the windows. His point was that digital lighting is an extremely complicated process. Well, I think Tron Legacy had over 50 digital lighting animators just for the lighting. Wow. Yeah. And nowadays, you know, you, you go check out a movie that's really heavy, heavy on special effects, wait for the lighting artists, and I guarantee you it's going to be, like, not a handful, but, like, uh, what do you call it when there's groups of ten? Tens. <laughs> and s- And scores of digital lighters. Uh, And I've seen this myself. When I was doing my final project, it's super hard to put in lighting that's dynamic and that sets the mood. Sometimes animators put in, like, teeny tiny lights that just highlight your t- the teeth or the cheek or a certain feature on the face. Yeah. So there's just little lights that are floating around. They're not really coming from any light source in the world. And it kind of ruined Tangled for me. Because I saw some of the scenes and I'm like, you're right. This isn't realistic lighting. It, it could never happen. <laughs> it just set the mood of the movie. Aww. Sorry, kids. Uh, <laughs> parents, don't let your kids listen to, to this part of the podcast. Animation it, ruining it did, Disney. <laughs> it did, it did kind of ruin it for me. <laughs> But it sets the tone of for all the scenes, you know, and it's dynamic and it's, you know, mood setting. And so it's essential. It just can never be true to life, you know? Yeah. But anyway, that was just kind of a, that's just kind of an anecdote from the animation side of things that I, like I, I wanted to share. Insider baseball. Yeah. Well, even that one scene where Mo- Mother Gothel singing Mother Knows Best, that's an interesting scene because it makes it seem like there's just one light. There's that spotlight that's on top of her wherever she appears. But based on what you just said, I'm pretty sure there are probably, like, hundreds of other little lights magnifying the face and this and that. In this movie, we've kind of talked about it. There's a few Easter eggs and different bits of trivia. Apparently, Pinocchio is in The Snuggly Duckling. Did anyone notice that? He is. I saw him last night. We also saw him. We rewinded it to make sure he was. Yeah, I saw Well, I saw it on the trivia page for the IMDb page for this movie. And so in The Snuggly Duckling scene, when they're... Um, doing the I've Got a Dream song, they kind of swing that old, drunk Cupid guy. So one of the barbarian Viking ruffians swings him off to the right on this cable, and he goes off, and he swings off to the right, top right corner, and in the rafters of the snuggly duckling is sitting Pinocchio. And he's, like, right above Flynn. I saw him, but I didn't zoom in to see, was he, like, moving? Was he alive? Or was it just a wooden puppet? It was a wooden puppet. Yeah, he was just sitting there. Okay, cool. Speaking of the snuggly duckling, so in the opening scene, you know when baby Rapunzel, she's in her crib and she's looking up the mobile? That thing actually has a lot of foreshadowing about what's going to happen. So there's things that are hanging from it. There's a baby duck, like a rubber duck, and so that's symbolic of the snuggly duckling, which she'll eventually go to. There's a chameleon hanging from it, obviously, her soon-to-be pet. There's a Cupid hanging from it, which we all know is the kind of creepy old man. (laughs) (laughs) Because he was such a big part of the film. A tall drink of water. (laughs) Oh, stop it, you big lug. (laughs) Um, There's a horse representing Maximus, and lastly there's a bluebird, which is 
when she first leaves the tower, there's a bluebird that's around there. So that's kind of a cool little thing that I never noticed before. Okay, so I guess our last question I want to ask everybody is, do you prefer, since this is a male-dominated podcast today, there's Stephen and Mason. Hello. Male domination. (laughs) Do you prefer, and I guess I I have an opinion on this too, do you prefer Rapunzel with long hair or short hair? And, or brunette or blonde? So we have a choice of having short blonde hair now? <laughs> oh, sure, why not? <laughs> yes. Um, I'll go I first, I guess. Yeah, go for it. The long hair, like, it trips me out. It's scary, <laughs> to be honest. So I like her short hair with the brunette. Okay. I did find it uh, odd that when Flynn does was it, slices it with the glass... Like, it's perfectly layered. It's, like, perfect. That bugged me when I first saw it. I was like, man, that is not even... Well, her hair is never going to grow again for the rest of her life, so we might as well get it right first Hmm. time. Disney magic. Unfortunately, my thing is, why didn't he cut her hair just a little longer? Like, come on. (laughs) Every girl who has long hair cuts their hair, and then within a month, regrets cutting their hair. Like, I'm pretty sure Rapunzel's going to hate this hairdo come month. Well, she's had long hair her whole life. Yeah. Well, now, I think the uh, short brunette hair works for me the best. Just because it makes her look a little more mature. And um, until she said that she was 18, I thought she was 16. Yeah. And so that makes Rapunzel, as one of my top Disney princesses, more accessible to me. (laughs) And so that's why... There you go. You know what I'm talking about, Steve? So yeah, the short brunette hair works for me a little bit. Oh, unfortunate. I would have said long blonde hair, but... Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'll do a poll and see what guys think. You You know what's also cool? When Manny Moore was growing up as a childhood singer, she had blonde hair. Now she has brunette hair. Whoa! Do you make that up? Not at all. No, I I read it also. Cool. Oh, you read it? Okay, so before we close... You and me, Steven, we're on the same page here. (laughs) Okay, so I have a listener question that I tweeted via the Rotoscopers Twitter account. The question was... How do you feel about Tangled? And is it a Disney classic or just another Disney film? So we had two responses. One was from Scott Quayle. He says, it's one of the good Disney films for sure. Classic, no, but it still stands above the others. And then the last one was from Shh Life. He says, it's an amazing film. One of my absolute favorites. Hey, great. Well, first of all, can I call Scott Quayle Quayle Man? Done. With Quayle Man's comment, I believe it is a classic. I think it has the potential of being a classic. One, it's super popular. So I don't think it would be wise for Disney to specifically label it as not a classic. You yeah. Know, exclude it from the classic pantheon again, that mm. word. So mm-hmm. I say I say it's a great film and a classic. I think it's a classic. I don't know, maybe it's too soon to say if it's a classic, but like you said, it has a huge fan base, and people love this movie to no end. Uh, it has a lot more fans than Princess and the Frog has, oh, like diehard fans. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see yeah. people, like, raving about Princess and the Frog. Like, people like it, but people, like, I'm in my, I'm 25, and I have friends who are around my age, and they're, they watch it all the time. Like, so I, I'm, I think it's veering on classic territory. All right, before we close this episode, let's just do, like, one worthwhile quote each. Okay, mine is, Something brought you here, Flynn Rider. Call it what you may. Fate. Destiny. A horse. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. Well, mine was when he's fighting Maximus, Flynn, and he says, You should know that this is the strangest thing I've ever done. (laughs) I like that a lot. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> My big quote is, it was in the trailer, and it's one of the funniest quotes, I think. It's when the, the, the big guy with the hook is like, go, 
live your dream. Lynn's like, I will. Your dream stinks. I was talking to her. <laughs> That is a good one. I love that one. I like it. I guess I guess it just goes down to this movie, like, at some points it doesn't really take itself seriously, which I like. Mm-hmm. It's not as big as a, it's not a blatant parody like Enchanted. Yeah. But it still has those moments where it's just like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, we know what you're expecting in a Disney fairy tale movie and we're going to, we're going to throw, throw you some curveballs. Yeah. Last but not least, what would you rate this out of five stars, Steven, since you're new? One meaning completely crappy, horrible movie. Five mean the best thing you have ever seen in your life. All right, then. I'll give it four and a half stars. It's a classic for me. I'm really big on music, and it just integrated those so so well. And the songs were just brilliant, and the storyline and everything else. It's it's funny, and it's also serious at the same time. So, four and a half stars for me. Ooh, I'm torn between four and five stars. Four and um, a half? <laughs> four and quarters? <laughs> No, I don't like to do halves or quarter star- stars. Okay, Never okay. quarter Curious. stars. Never. Yeah, I'll have to do four stars. I mean, it's not like a perfect film, but it's still like a great film. And four stars doesn't mean like it's a terrible movie. So, yeah, yeah great film. Four stars. Done. Done. And mine, I give it four and a half stars. I remember when I saw this in the theater, when the very first song, When Will My Life Begin, started playing. I just felt the Disney magic kind of sweep over me, and I started like getting really teary-eyed in the theater. And I was, it's so dusty in here. <laughs> <laughs> who said? Who uses that excuse? <laughs> Who's chopping onions? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I knew right from then it had the magic. It, it was you know going to be a good movie, and then everything else it just met my expectations and exceeded them. It's awesome. I it has a lot of replay value for me. This is one that I could watch multiple times a month and be okay with. So four and a half yeah. stars. All right. So I think all around, you know, four and a half, four stars. This film is amazing. We love Tangled. You love it. Everybody loves it. Thanks for uh, listening again. We've had another great episode. We certainly enjoyed having Steven on board. Like, we don't hope that Chelsea goes away again, but we hope that there'll be a, a time when Steven can come back and be a co-host with us. Well, maybe we can just do four hosts. Why not? Four hosts. This oh, is no. unprecedented. Thanks, Steve, for well, Thanks for having me. It was an honor yes. and a joy in my life. Put it on your resume. I will. Okay. Thank good. you, guys. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. totally. Don't forget to check out therotoscopers.com. It's our official website. It's got our bios. It's got our news. It's got our episodes available to listen. Um, you can find us on iTunes. Don't forget to check out our Tumblr and our Twitter. We we try to have um, kind of a mailbag section. It's been um, been kind of thin. thin we, like to. <laughs> <laughs> we got two things of mail last time. Yeah, yes. we did. And that was boss. Hey, let's try to double it next time. What, four pieces of mail next episode? Let's have four p- people mail to us, and we'll select two. Whoa, whoa. Can I mail? <gasps> okay, listeners. Uh, well, if you want to be one of the mailers. Yeah! Sure. <laughs> hey, listeners, this is up to you. If you have thoughts on Tangled, on the podcast, on anything animation that you've seen recently that you want to share, please email us, because we have a goal, and we want to make it. We need your help. 
Also, don't forget about Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with over 100,000 downloadable titles to choose from. If you want to download a free audiobook, you can get a free 30-day trial from Audible. So that means you can get a free book. You have that book for the rest of your life. You get to keep it. They don't take it away. So go ahead, get your book that you've always wanted to listen to. Go to Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com backslash the rotoscopers for your free audiobook trial. Trust me, I know you'll love it because I love it. We all love it. Steven, you got it, right? I did get it. Woohoo! And he loved it. It was pretty good, actually. Just downloaded yeah. it to my iPod. And you gotta yeah. keep it, right? Yeah, I, ca- I keep it right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just Spoilers. do it, folks. Download the trial, go to our link. It helps support the podcast. Every trial that you sign up for, we get a little cut that really helps pay for hosting the podcast every month and for the website and whatever. Uh, it really means a lot and it helps us keep this going and running, which we wanna do for a very, 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 very long time. So it doesn't cost you anything just do the free trial and that's it all right well thanks for again for listening everyone for your downloads for your feedback until the next time we're the rotoscopers i have a dream i have a dream <laughs> i could get used to this yep i'm used to it guys i want a podcast and i'm here with my co-host morgan Burt. what was that <laughs> Oh, you heard my phone vibrating? <laughs> yeah. Sure, blame it on the sorry, phone. Sorry, sorry, just say that again. <laughs> it didn't sound like a fart, did it? <laughs> I like, thought it did. <laughs> I'm Mason Smith, and my talent today is... <laughs> yeah. Oh, and all our listeners are going to be like, oh, they're that kind of podcast. Oh, no. A new challenger approaches. Hold on. What are you going to say? Like, oh, I know A somebody. wild Steven has appeared. Oh, hey. A wild Steven Burt has appeared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so you're saying that she was aging on the way down and the force of impact which produced trauma in her spine, skull, and ribs, and legs, and arms, and probably pelvis, throw that in there, killed her? No, that's not what I was saying.